verse number 23. Jesus saith unto her, directing these comments to Martha, thy brother shall rise again. I'm going to tell you something before I go any further. It's not over when it looks like it's over. In fact, when it looks like it's over, God's just getting started. Verse number 24, Martha saith unto Jesus, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. They had been taught well. And of course, Jesus wasn't talking about waiting till the last day. Verse number 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. I want to talk to us for a few moments this morning about many resurrections. Many resurrections. Let's put our Bibles down and let's one more time with one huge surge of faith let's pray together by the authority of the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray. No other environment on earth where we can worship, we can praise Him, we can receive the Word of God, we can receive strength and preparation for our lives. Let's exercise our freedom here today. God, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. We give you all the glory with anticipation of receiving the word of God. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody's going to rise again today. No, see, you're thinking at the end of time. No, 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 no. Somebody's going to rise again. Just do something. Oftentimes, people that are visiting with us that, quote, unquote, they love Jesus, but they don't understand what's all the excitement about. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you got to understand that one running right there. That's an ex-alcoholic. That's not on a 12-step program. That other one that was running there, that's an ex-drug addict. That's not on a 12-step program. 
They've got the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Somebody shout with the voice of triumph. I could run like some of you guys. I really do. But my excuse is I'm 65. If I run too much, I may have to spend the rest of the day in a reclining position. God bless you. You may be seated. You know, one of the facts of life of living in the 21st century is that we are living in a culture, culture that is biblically illiterate. There are so many homespun, homemade Christians that then they, they can stay at home and read the Bible, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not critiquing staying at home and reading the Bible. But the fact of the matter is the Bible said that there is a five-fold ministry for the perfecting of the saints. You cannot mature according to the will of God without the oversight of part of the five-fold ministry. But see, that's all part of the ignorance of the 21st century, is that in the midst of a culture that is biblically, largely biblically illiterate, they don't know what they don't know. And it's as important to know what you don't know as it is to understand that I know what I know. And I'm not trying to start this out with a riddle here. Hopefully you had your coffee this morning. But the reason why I preface uh, this message with that statement is that there is far more that is available to us through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ than any of us have ever discovered. There are greater benefits that are in this book to every single individual that is alive today than we could extinguish and investigate in one entire lifetime. The resurrection from the dead was a monumental miracle in the life, death, burial, of Jesus Christ. In fact, it is the nail in the sure place of his ministry that he, in fact, did rise from the dead. Praise God. The Bible tells me in John chapter 5, verse number 28, Jesus ministering at a very earlier time in his ministry, he said, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which that all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. In fact, it's important to note, you don't have to turn there, but in Matthew chapter number 27, after Jesus was resurrected, there were many graves that were opened, the Bible said, and people resurrected and walked through the streets of Jerusalem. I'm not talking about a zombie apocalypse. I'm talking about the power of God. Yeah. 
Jesus continued in verse number 29. He said, and shall come forth and they that have done good under the resurrection of life and they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. The book of Revelation chapter number 20 verses 12 through 15. You don't have to turn there. But it is John the Revelator describing the white throne judgment. Every single human being that has ever existed will come before the white throne judgment. Jesus is saying that whether you have done good or you have done evil, you are going to be resurrected. This life that you and I have, it's just a one-time shot to get it right. Hallelujah. Your life was not meant to waste away on drugs. Your life was not meant to be confused and torn to shreds by the devil and the adversary. Your life was not meant to live unto yourself. This life was meant to hook up with the only living God. And that's why Cornerstone is here today. We're here to reach out to people that are confused. They've seen a political system that's broken. They've seen a denominational church that is ineffectual. They've seen a witness in the world that actually abuses people. We didn't come here to abuse people. We came here to watch people get liberated by the power and the demonstration of the Almighty God. Every human being will be resurrected. The religious climate in the day that Jesus arrived, not everybody was completely convinced of a resurrection. Acts 23 and 8 tells us, for the Sadducees say, there is no resurrection. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the Essenes were the three major Judaistic religious groups. The Sadducees were quite large and powerful as a group, but they did not believe in the supernatural. They did not believe in the resurrection, neither angel nor spirit. But the Pharisees did believe in the resurrection. Amen. And so when Jesus preached about the resurrection, people's ears began to listen up. But what made this incredibly powerful is that when Jesus said in John chapter 11 and verse number 25, I'm not just talking about a resurrection. I am the resurrection. Hallelujah. Even through the preaching of the apostles, as they preached throughout the known world, thoughts of the resurrection from the dead, the people that are in the grave coming back to life, it, even the people that were the most intellectual of all, the champions of the Hellenistic age at Mars Hill in Acts chapter 17 and verse number 32. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked and others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. Because even the philosophers, the idolaters, the intellectuals of Paul's day, they stumbled at the message of the resurrection. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, I am not in this because I needed an escape door from drugs and alcohol. 
I'm in this because I believe what the Word of God says, that I can not only experience deliverance in this life, but there is life on the other side of death. Oh, let's clap our hands and give him praise. That's good news to a world that is depressed. That's good news to a world that is bound to addictions. That's good news to a world that has all kinds of sexual confusion. There is another life. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, why the resurrection of the dead from the dead is the capstone and foundation of the gospel. The Apostle Paul here in 1 Corinthians 15 says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? This is an important statement because a lot of people want to believe what God can do for them right here and right now. I want to know that God can heal me, and God is a healer. I want to know that God can deliver me, and God is a deliverer. I want to know that God can save me, and God is a savior. But ladies and gentlemen, you are just in the tip of the iceberg of the absolute amazing power of what God can do. This church service, this 21st century, is but a scratch of the surface of what God intends to do for the ages to come for his resurrected church. Hallelujah. A lot of people are willing to sacrifice the future for the present. Preaching of hell doesn't work like it used to in previous generations because there's a lot of people that think they're already in hell. They're tormented. There's no rest. They're confused. They're hurt. They're wounded. I want to tell you that God has an answer for you today. Verse number 13. But if there be no resurrection of the dead then is Christ not risen? The Corinthians were intelligent people on the cutting edge of the Hellenistic world. There were a few Jews that were sprinkled throughout that congregation, but they were largely Gentile. They are former idolaters who believed in the great temples of Diana and mythology. And to hear of a God that robed himself in flesh to save human beings and then to suffer at the hand of those people you're trying to save and then extend an invitation to those people that they can be saved and live forever. It's too much for the ex-idolatrous mind to grasp. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. Verse 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and ye are yet in your sins.
verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Somebody made the statement one time that this, even if there was no eternal life beyond this, that this is still better than the life I was living. I'm not going to leave you there. I'm not settling for that. There is eternal life after this, and that is what I'm waiting on. Because at one time, in the not-too-distant future, there's going to be the sound of a trump. Oh, come on, somebody. I got to get somebody on board with me. This is not just so you can have a new car and a new home and a new shiny pair of shoes. This is because you're going to live forever with the God of eternity. The Apostle Paul continues, verse number 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits. The law of the first fruits goes all the way back into the Old Testament. Verse number 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Next verse. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. The human race, the entirety of the human race falls under two men. One is Adam, the first Adam, found in 1 Corinthians 15. He was of the earth, earthy. But the second Adam, Jesus Christ, was made a quickening spirit. And the only way that you are a part of the second Adam is not profession, confession, or belief. It's by being born again of water and spirit. every man in his own order. Everybody said in his own order. Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Verse number 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. We've already established that because Jesus rose from the dead, we also will experience the resurrection of hope. But the other principle of the resurrection, and don't miss this because it is a germane point to the remainder of my message here today, is that the resurrection, the principle is, it goes down in one condition and you come up another condition. exactly what is being said here. So, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. Of course, so is an is a agricultural term of spreading the seed. And unless the seed is in the ground and dies, it abideth alone. And so the word picture is idiomatic, talking about that the resurrection is sown in corruption. You go down in one condition but it is raised in incorruption. Go to the next verse. 
It is sown in dishonor or shame. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Go to the next verse. It is sown in a natural body. It is raised in a spiritual body. Verse number 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. Go to Romans chapter 6, verse number 1. The Apostle Paul saying, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 2. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Next verse. Know ye not, pay attention to this. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. We go down in one condition, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. You don't get that from a professional. You don't get that in a confessional booth. You don't get that from shaking the pastor's hand. You don't get that from belief only. You get that in the only baptism, which is baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Clap your hands and give him praise. talking about the resurrected. Oh, we are. This is the first resurrection of many. Verse number five, Romans chapter six. For if we have been planted, sown, buried, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Next verse. Never mind, he's doing great. See, what's happening is, in our culture, is we've been dumbed down. You're not dumb. You're very intelligent. Look where you are today. I consider you some of the most intelligent people in this world. And Brother Scott Whitmire say amen. You, I, I saw you walk in late today. I don't know. Something about you, when you walk in, my, my, my radar screen comes on. All right. Good to see you today. But you see, our culture is becoming rapidly not just secular but anti-Christian. And people are living on piecemeal and fragments of what this book says. 
Some people are just living on a little saying on a bumper sticker that has a fish on it. Or a John 3.16. Well, what about John 3, 1 through 15? What about John 17 through 20? you got to have more than just one scripture that's going to radically change your life. But I, what I'm preaching today is, is that if you're spiritually healthy, you're going to experience many resurrections. The first resurrection is described in Romans chapter 6. Now, on Jesus' side, on the side of describing Jesus, it's talking about the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Now, why is that important? Go to the scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. Because here the Apostle Paul defines what the gospel is. Some people, they, they, they couldn't define the gospel. Well, it's the good news. Great. But what is it biblically, and what is it realistically applied to my life? Look at what the Apostle Paul says. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Next verse. And then he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So, number one, first takeaway, it's according to the Scriptures. It's not a denomination. It's not a preacher. It's not a belief system. It's according to the Word of God. You following me? Second takeaway. It is the death. Everybody said death. It is the burial. Everybody say resurrection. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the death, burial, and resurrection. Why is that good news? Because if he can live forever, it means I'm going to live forever. You see, you have to get enough God in you to be able to separate the lives of the devil in the present. That it doesn't steal the joy of your future. This is where a lot of people are. They're trading the present for the future. Honey, my joy is not in this world, but it's somewhere beyond the blue. I thank God for all the creature comforts. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. But I'm talking about a street of gold. I'm talking about no more tears. I'm talking about no more sorrow. I'm talking about no more pain. Clap your hands and give him praise. Somebody shout. Hallelujah. Why is the death, the burial, and the resurrection good news? Because through the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and there's a lot of different theological paths I could take right now. We can talk about the atonement. We can talk about soteriology, about he took my place at the crucifixion. We can talk about the atonement. We can talk about the satisfaction of the sacrificial system when he said it is finished. And the veil rent in twain that separated the holy place to the most holy place. And now the most holy place is now available to the entirety of the human race. We could go in all those directions. I'm not going to go in that direction today. I'm going to talk to you about this. 
The death, the burial, and the resurrection is important because of this. Go to 1 John 5 and 8. And there are three that bear witness in the earth. The spirit and the water and the blood. Since the life is in the blood, when he died, he shed his blood. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. It is impossible for us to experience the forgiveness and the cleansing of our conscience without the blood of Jesus Christ. One of the Roman soldiers stuck a spear in his side and blood came out and water came out. And when Jesus said, it is finished, the Bible said he gave up the ghost. At his death, he shed blood, water, and spirit. Oh, man, what's the big deal about that? I've heard about that ever since I was in Sunday school. You see, it's not enough to just believe that Jesus did this. At some point in the human dynamic, we are required to apply. Somebody said, well, I just, all I got to do is believe and that's it. No, you got to obey. See, there's a big confusion among cessationists that are apologists in our world today. They're, they're filling YouTube. They're all online. They're everywhere. Everybody's got a master's degree. Everybody's a know-it-all. And they're saying, you know what? You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. Those are works. Honey, the definition of works is not a thing. The definition of works is a motive. And the definition of a work is if you're doing this to be saved. We don't live by works. Even though he seeks a people that are zealous of good works. We're not talking about works. We're talking about obedience. If you call obedience a work, you're in false doctrine. Go to Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent. That's where the blood's applied. And be baptized. That's where the burial is. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's resurrection power. Well, what's the big deal about that? If you've done that in your life, if you've obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's not a work, honey. That's an obedience to the gospel. That's where the gospel of Jesus Christ is applied to my sin. It's applied to my life, and it's applied to my future. And now I'm in the family of God through a new birth with a new DNA, with a new power, with a new glory, with a new direction, with a new resurrection. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Well, pastor, I'm a drug addict and I need 15 weeks of counsel. No, you don't. You need to obey the gospel. I'm not saying you don't need counseling, but I'm saying what you really need is you need to experience a resurrection. Well, you know, I'm a drug addict. I don't have any money. 
can't, I can't even pay attention. What am I going to do? You got to understand, first principle of the resurrection, you go down a sinner. You come up with power. The false, illegitimate doctrines of this world that are not preparing people for eternity, I curse it in the name of Jesus Christ. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. That's why nothing's different. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Death, burial, resurrection. What does that mean to me? Blood, water, spirit. Okay. I still ain't got it. Break it down for me, Pastor. I will. Repentance. Everybody knows it's biblical. When you repent, that's where the blood's applied. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, that's where the remission of sins is. When you left the altar in the Old Testament, you could not go into the temple without going by the laver of water. Baptism always always follows the shedding of blood. But after the shedding of that blood and after you've been to the laver, that priest can walk into the holy place. And if he's the high priest with the blood of a sinless lamb, then he can go into the holiest of all and feel the Shekinah and feel the glory and feel the power. This is not a denomination. This is not a false religion. This is not a little deal on the backside of nowhere. This is the gospel of eternity that will give you eternal life. Come on, clap your hands and give God the praise. You got more power than you realize. You got more authority than you realize. You got... Burial, resurrection, blood, water, spirit, repentance, baptism, resurrection power. Through the years, I've kind of kept records. Every once in a while, you find a guy that is trying out for Guinness Book of World Records. And I think a couple years ago, honey, we baptized a guy that had been baptized six times. I asked him, how did you get baptized? He said, well, it was according to Matthew 28, 19, which is in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. How come you just didn't do it once? Well, I felt like I wanted to do it again. Well, why'd you do it a third time? Well, I just felt like I wanted to do it again. I told him, I said, when you come to this church, you don't ever need to get baptized ever again. Because you're obeying the word of God. 
See, Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, Mark chapter 16, and Luke chapter number 24, but it was fulfilled in Acts chapter number 2. Verse number 18 in Matthew chapter number 28 said he was there speaking to the 11. They were in the upper room in Acts chapter number 2. The apostle Peter said, repent, put it up there please, Brother Tristan, verse 38. Read this with me. This is Peter responding to what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, Mark 16, 15 through 17, and Luke chapter 24, 43 and 44. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of well, man, what's the big difference? I mean, it's just, they don't, no, you don't understand. The Trinitarian formula came from the Catholic Church. I'm not trying to be so graphic, and I'm not trying to offend anybody religiously here today. But we're living in the 21st century. Most of you guys already know this stuff anyway. We don't have time to kick tires and play around and just play patty cake with people. You came here to receive something. You came here to get something. God's here to give you something. God's here to send you home with something. God's here to change you. God's here to heal you. God's here to deliver you. God's here to do something. God wants to manifest. God wants to demonstrate the power of his spirit. This isn't here to say, we're not here to say, hey, isn't our choir good? We're not here to say, hey, isn't our, isn't our pastor slick? We're not here to say, hey, look at this beautiful building. We're not here to do any of that stuff. We're here so that people can understand this is a platform for a demonstration of the almighty God. God can do better than Netflix. God can do better than the internet. God can do better than pornography. God can do better than athletics. God can do better than this world. God can do better Come on, clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Well, I've got the Holy Ghost because I can feel God on the inside of me. God didn't give you that Holy Ghost to make you feel satisfied. God gave you the Holy Ghost to lead you into all truth so that when you see it in a book, the author of the book that's in you said, you got to obey that. I wrote that. I'm the one on the inside saying I'm not here to say who I am. I'm going to comment on what you're seeing. I've got resurrection power. If you're living carnally, you're robbing yourself. You're cheating yourself. So then God has to create or allow things in your life. Not to, God, why am I going through this? Not for you to mold you. See, we have this mentality about the kind of life we want to lead. But you don't understand that when you were born again, he bought the rights to your life. Well, I, you know, I don't really like you know, God's plan, so I'm going to insert my plan. Well, when it don't work, don't go fighting other people and blaming other people. Look in the mirror and say, you know what? I didn't get into this thing heart, mind, and soul, hook, line, and sinker. Hallelujah, you were bought with a price. You were chosen. Do you know what it means to be chosen in a world of darkness, in a world of utter chaos? You and I have been called out of darkness for such a time as this. Everybody ought to shout. Everybody ought to clap your hands. Everybody ought to praise God.
Come on, a great God's worthy of great praise. Someone's going to get healed today. Somebody's going to get delivered today. Somebody's going to be empowered beyond their wildest dreams today. You may be seated. There's a place in the Bible where Elijah spoke to a widow. He said, the debt collector's coming to take everything. prophet said, get all the vessels of oil that you can, fill your house with them, and then sell the oil. He told the boys, he said, I want you to go and borrow vessels from all of our neighbors, and God is going to fill every one of these vessels with oil. And so, you probably know the story, it's a famous story. They went and borrowed, the Bible said, not a few. They filled their house with empty vessels. But at some point, human deliberation made the calculation, that's enough. You know, they're on the floor, they're on the table, a couple on the counter. That's enough. And the Bible said that God filled every one of those containers and the oil stayed. God wasn't done. God was operating within the limitations of a human calculation. Week after week, we gather here. And I, as the pastor, am preaching, God is a healer. God is a deliverer. God is a savior. But God cannot operate within some of the minimal requirements of a human limitation. If we come here open, if we come in here like an open vessel and say, God, I need something. I need something from another world. God will keep pouring and keep pouring and keep pouring. Clap your hands and give. You set the limits on what you want God to do today. Well, I'm just going to, you know, just going to praise the Lord a little bit today. No, honey, you need a miracle. You need a brand new life. You need a brand new chapter. You need a brand new future. You need to experience a resurrection. I preach like this every week. I've been doing this for 25 years. But people are the ones that set the limitation on what God is able to do. And really what some some of us, God creates a deal in your life to bring us back to him. Oh, this is so good. This is so good, and it's not because I'm preaching, it's because it's the Word of God. God waits till we run out of gas, run out of carnality, run out of, run out of credit cards, run out of this, run out of money, run out of everything, until we can die to ourselves. God says, I'm ready to resurrect with more money than you've ever had, more influence you've ever had, better than you've ever had it. I'm just waiting for you to run out. Well, I still got some resources. I don't have to die. The longer you put off dying to yourself, 
You're only distancing yourself from a resurrection of joy and peace and power that you never dreamed was capable in your life. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Many resurrections. Come on, let's clap our hands to give him praise. Somebody shout. Somebody just praise him. Somebody displace some energy and give him praise. Don't tell you energy you were going to give to the world. Give it to God. Come on, that energy's not for a channel selector. That energy's to praise God. That energy's not to stand in line in a clinic. That energy's to give God praise till you get a healing. You may be seated. Now, Pastor, you just don't know how bad it is. You just you know what it is? The whining, the complaining. You're just using up all the resources that you know of getting to go. You get into your old bag of tricks and you try to get another thing just to sustain you another day. And and God is just saying, just go ahead and, and die to yourself. Just just go ahead and just give up and say, God, thank you. Because what God will do is he'll resurrect you. Many resurrections. You may be seated. First Corinthians 15, when that trumpet sounds, that's not supposed to be the next resurrection you experience. That's supposed to be the, the end result of a consecutive development of a repeated amount of resurrections in your life where you died to sin, you died to lying, you died to conniving, you died to cheating, you died to drugs, you died to pornography. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Many resurrection. That's why living for God gets old to some people. You talk into the room, say, man, God, that's the best thing. died anything. You can't resurrect if it ain't dead. I think some of you are getting this today. Let's praise him again. It's time to give up. It ain't going to work. Just go ahead and die to it. Say, God, I'm done. I'm not going to resurrect it. I'm not going to go back to it. I'm tired of it. I'm not going to get hope out of it. I'm not going to bring it back to life. But I need you to do something right here. I need to experience the newness of life and the power of his resurrection. Now that I've had the fellowship of his sufferings. Many resurrections. You didn't know that this was really what God was doing. All things work together. I'm just at the place right now 
where I can really start to preach. And wait, 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 wait. There's always a well-meaning visitor starts doing that. Lord, I thought this guy said he was 65. Dude, you only got so much hot air. I got to make it to Granny's buffet. How long is this guy going to go? Can't die to yourself, can you? Can't die to your form of manipulating innocent people because it's just how you get through life. Biggest sense of pride and egotism. You can just die to and say, God, God will say, I've got a resurrection for you. You'll walk in high places with hinds feet on high places. You are looking at an incredibly bad illustration of human specimen here with the microphone in his hand. I'd much rather use somebody else like Brother David. Some of these young guys that work out at the gym. Once you get this revelation of the operation of the gospel. See, there's two, there's, here's a takeaway. Yeah, and you're going to relate to this. Well, pastor, I did all that, but way back then. See, that's part of your problem. You think that whenever you believe and obeyed, whether it was 20, 30, 40 years ago or last week, that's going to be in place in your life to get you all the way to the last trump. Hold on. Hold on. Don't quit. What we're encouraging you to do is just listen. Romans chapter 6, verse number 23, the wages of sin is you're here today. You've blown it. You don't think there's any hope for you. 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, if we confess our sins, Jesus is just and righteous to what? And to See, previous generations didn't get this. This is why so many people couldn't live for God. Because they think if I made a mistake after all of this that I'm done. You don't understand. Acts 2.38 will, will work tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, next year, 10 years. Whenever you need the blood, it's applied. Whenever you need the washing of regeneration, it cleanses you. Whenever you need the renewing of resurrection power, God, stand to your feet. Many resurrections. Okay, now that we're standing, let's clap our hands to give him praise. I'm trying, it's a revelation. I'm trying to give you a revelation. All right, you may be seated. Man, I thought I was five minutes closer to the restaurant. If you'll listen real good, I promise I'm not going to be. We got two baptisms today already. 
And you know what? After this preaching today, I expect a lot more people to say, you know what? This is more than just a religious little deal. This is more than just a liturgy of the church. This is more than just an outward profession of my faith. When I'm united with his death, I'll come up with the newness of life. I'll experience a resurrection right here and right now. I'm not preaching today because I'm perfect. Are you under the impression that I got five gold stars by my name? I got this revelation as a new convert. God's not looking for gold star performance. It's not your ability anyway. It's his That's when it is works. You see, everybody said the word fall. Your adversary, the devil, does not understand going up. He only understands falling down. Go to Luke chapter 10 and verse number 18, please. This is Jesus. Jesus said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall. Everybody said fall. We're not going to take the time to do it because I've already tried your patience too much. Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14, it said that Lucifer was cast out of heaven. Revelation chapter number 20, he was cast out of heaven down to the earth. I'm sorry, that's in Revelation 12. Revelation chapter number 20 said that he's cast into the lake of fire. He's going down, down. Do this with me just so I know you're awake, okay? Take your right hand, okay? Go down one notch. Down. Down, down. I'm going up. The devil hates it. You may be seated. No, no, no. Sister Bonnie, you just stay right there. She's got her arm in a sling from karate chopping the devil. Come here. Listen, listen. This one right here, before it's all over, she may speak to principalities and powers that are over nations. You can't judge. That's our problem. We're prejudiced. God's going to use whoever God wants to use. Hold on. Hold on. Now, I'm just going to make up some stuff, but you're, you understand. I'm doing this to make an illustration. You know what? I don't want to do that. It's not a good idea. You sit down right there. I'm, <laughs> Never mind. All right. One of these beautiful people come in. Pastor, uh, you know, I, I fell. Over the weekend. 
See, because the devil understands falling. The devil understands falling. And so when he gets you to fall, you keep it up, you're going to be falling another notch with me. He doesn't understand, though. The gospel afforded you and I an opportunity that it never afforded somebody that just fell. Because my Bible tells me that the blood, they overcame him with the blood of the Lamb. Come on, aren't you tired of having friends in low places? It's time you hook your star to a friend in high places. This is what we do. It's not magic. It's not Christian, you know, we're, we've got some big Christian rock band that's got millions of records, so we don't even need, we don't need that stuff. We don't need 50 million degrees more than a thermometer. I've just been waiting to say that. It sounds stupid. You know what we need? We just need the gospel, the blood. Well, Pat, hold on. Pastor, you know, I feel horrible because... You know, I obeyed the gospel five years ago. I'm still making mistakes. If we confess our sins, he is just and faithful. Here you go, devil. I'm going to the altar. And before I get out of here, I'm going up, going up, going up. Many resurrections. You can blow it every day of the week. And if you can find a place to repent and let God cleanse you of all unrighteousness and renew you with the power of the Holy Ghost, you're going to go up. You're going to go up. The worst thing you can do is lay back and sit back and fall back and lay back and backslide. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Many resurrections. Rick Mayo's not here because I was the pastor's pet. Rick Mayo's here because of many. Things in my life that I said, God, I don't want that. It's contrary to your presence. And I went to war and I actually died to it. I won't smoke anymore. I won't drink anymore. I won't do drugs anymore. And with everything that I died to, God said, you're going up higher. You're going up higher. You're going up higher. Many resurrections. up. There's no hope. Them too. Listen, call me. Just don't call me between the hours of 9 p.m. and 8 p.m. I'm just kidding. Don't call me in the middle of the night. Pastor, I messed up. I don't even know if I should come back to church. You better be in church. You need a resurrection. God's going to give you more power than he ever gave the devil. 
God doesn't let go of us if we drop the ball. God says, come on home. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you might find help in time of need. Go to that scripture in Micah. Rejoice not against me, mine enemy. When I fall... Many resurrections. When I got saved and started witnessing people, Pentecost had been under so much condemnation because people thought that they could not live this life. That was not true, Elder, because that's why we have the Holy Ghost. God gives it's they they backslid because of under they didn't have any understanding. They lacked wisdom of, about what they really had. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, when I fall. Hold on, hold on. The problem with some people is when you fall, you stay down. Oh Pastor, it's just so bad. I understand. Pastor, no, you don't understand. Just listen. Pastor. It's so bad, this is going on, that's going on, this is going on, that's going on, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on, that's going on. Okay. Is that all you're going to do? Yeah. Well, what do I need to do? You need to be in church on Sunday. You need to make sure that you hit that altar. You need to make sure that you find a place of repentance. Because when you repent, one step, and then God will wash you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness for trying to do it in your own power. Another step, and then God's going to renew you with the Holy Ghost back where you were before you ever went down that path. Many resurrections. Acts 2.38 will work every day of your life. Go to that scripture in John chapter 1. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in me. There's going to be a garden in every, uh, a, a tree in every man's garden. That's how God knows you're making the right choices. If Adam and Eve would not have had a garden, they could not have proved that they were made in the image of God. They would have been robotics. They would have been artificial intelligence. But that tree, for you to live coexistent with that tree and said, I don't want to go to my computer in the middle of the night. I don't want to go back to the bar. I don't, not, I don't want to lay out a church. I don't want to start gossiping about people. I don't want to do that kind of stuff. You say, yeah, the tree's there. Yeah, I could do that. And God's just saying, you're going up. 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 Clap your hands and give him praise. Many resurrections. the next verse. Verse 9. I'm almost done, really, I promise. Verse 9. 
if we confess. Unbelief is a sin. Doubting God is a sin. Being full of fear. The fearful are going to be cast into the lake of fire. The unbelieving will be cast in the we, we pet some of these sins like, well, you know, Pastor, I've always kind of, you know, had a little bit of unbelief. It's time to get over it. We need you on the playing field. God's got something he wants to do in your life. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to go to Titus chapter 3, verse 5, please, Brother Scripture. Not by works of righteousness, such as we have done. But according by his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and re- what is that word? Again? One more time louder. Just this section here. You can do better than that. You on the end. Renewing means you get it again. Get it again. Look at your neighbor with real bug eyes and go, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Another resurrection. Another refilling. Another regeneration. Do it again. I ain't got time. I got a roast in the oven. Do it again. I don't, I don't feel like it today. Do it again. Do it again. Clap your hands and give him praise. Okay, here's my last point. Some of you are getting tired of my antics here. I really tried to preach. But see, I got the Holy Ghost. I feel like when I preach like this, that like an angel's got his hands on my ribcage. I'm like real tickled. Oh, yeah. I'm being renewed while I'm preaching. You can be renewed while you're praying. You can be renewed while you're praising. You can be. Do it again. Do it again. One time's not enough. One resurrection is not enough. There's got to be many resurrections. Clap your hands and give God the glory. remain standing. Give them some hope. Go to the scripture in Proverbs. For a just man I didn't write this. Well, you know, the pastor he wrote because they fit real good. I didn't write none of these scriptures. I've lived these scriptures. We're going to have revival because of these scriptures. I'm going to see heaven because of these scriptures. I'm going to see Jesus face to face because of these scriptures. I'm going to walk on a street of gold because of these scriptures. We are going to have revival across the street because of these scriptures. We I've got a question for this intelligent-looking, wide-awake congregation. 
That's my cue to wrap it up. Was he just when he fell? Or was he just when he got back up? It's the attitude that if I mess up, I'm coming right back on Sunday, devil. I'm coming right back to the prayer room, devil. I'm coming right back to faithfulness, devil. I'm going right back to prayer, devil. I'm going, come on, this altar's open. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Come on, bring somebody. There's somebody that wants healing here today. There's somebody wants deliverance here today. There's somebody that's going to rise again today. There's somebody that's going to experience a resurrection. Come on, grab somebody by the hand. Bring somebody up to the altar. There's people here to be healed. There's people here to be saved. There's people here to be delivered. You're saying, well, I don't know. This is taking a lot of time. You know what? You got time to be delivered. You got time for a resurrection. That's our problem. We're letting the world control us to the point that we backed God right out of the program. You in the altar, let's lift our hands and give God the praise. God's going to do something today. Come on, bring somebody with you. Bring somebody that needs a resurrection. Bring somebody that needs a rejuvenation, regeneration, resuscitation. Let's sing a song. Church, let's pray. There's a resurrection in the works here today. Somebody give God the glory. God, forgive me for my words. Forgive me for my thoughts. Forgive me for my actions. God, I'm coming humbly to you. I want everything you've got for me. I want everything that Jesus. Somebody. going down, but you're not. The devil's going to the lowest parts of the earth, but you're not. You're going to go up today. You're going to start a new direction. Direction is greater than perfection. Direction is everything. <laughs>